Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, you're listening to the Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103 and sounds there um, beautiful, beautiful music. And the Cork Concert Orchestra, who wowed everyone with that stunning concert of music from the movies in City Hall in June. Well, they're back in City Hall next Saturday with a glorious concert of classical music featuring that one, the Karelia Suite from Sibelius, among others, and the simply incredible Seventh Symphony from Dvorak. So returning to Cork as guest conductor is Neil Thompson, who travels the world working with orchestras. So I rang him yesterday to find out what plans he's got for Cork this Sunday. Neil, it's exciting. I know orchestra members who are in the orchestra preparing for this concert and I know they're excited to have you back because they love working with you. You have conducted this orchestra before, but you're not in Ireland yet. So I've had just a kind of a convoluted time just making contact with you this morning. You're in Brazil. I'm in Brazil, that's right. And I've been here since 2017. I've lived here, but I've been conducting here my orchestra in, in Brazil, in, in Goiânia, which is right in, in, in the middle of the country. I've been conducting them since 2014. So it's eight eight years I've been coming back and forth to Brazil. You see, because I know like you have this huge CV and body of work where you've conducted orchestras all over the world. You have a huge reputation built up as a conductor with the London Philharmonic and Symphony and all sorts of things. What was the attraction to this base in Brazil, besides what we imagine to be a kind of a romantic association with the country? But <laughs> from, a, from a work point of view, a serious, yes, I feel I have a, a trajectory of body that I can do here. What was it for you? What, what it was, I've, I've always liked to build things. It's always been my, my interest has been to build projects. And basically, I was offered a project here to start from scratch and build something. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've done over the last eight years. So I get to decide all the repertoire. I get to decide all the guest conductors, all the guest soloists. I, can, I design the whole season and I can have a nice theme for every season. So all the, con- the concerts are connected. It's something to build the public as well as being a great thing because, because Guyana, it's, it's a new city. It was built in, I, th- built in, I think, 1939, 1938, 1939. And there's no real tradition of orchestral classical music here. And so virtually everything you're doing is, is for the first time. Mm. If you're playing a Brahms piano concerto or a piece of new music, it's for the first time. And the, the public is very curious. They're incredibly open. So that's been, that, that, was the, that was the interest for me. 
to take something from scratch and to build a project. And in eight years, we've managed to do that. You know, we're now recording discs for Naxos that are getting reviews from critics all over the world. And we're now seen as one of the leading orchestras in the country. That must give you just such great satisfaction. It, it really does. Yeah. When, when, you go, when you go as a guest conductor to an orchestra, you're kind of borrowing someone else's orchestra for a week. And you can do a nice concert, but then you go home and the next week it's someone else. But when, when this is your baby mm. and you can decide everything, you decide. I mean, I, you know, I even, we decide the atmosphere, the working atmosphere, that I'm, I'm absolutely 100% that people have to work with mutual respect. It's a zero sort of bullying atmosphere. So you, you have to, to, to train everybody to behave like that. You speak well to the stage people. You speak well to the administrative team. The musicians don't argue amongst themselves. I mean, it, it, it's something like I, I've created really, the, 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 not just the musical atmosphere, but the, the working atmosphere. Mm. And that for me was really a, an important thing, that we work in a sort of ethical way. You were going to talk in a minute about how you're going to parachute into Cork and steal the orchestra for the week ahead of the concert <laughs> in City Hall next Saturday. But just before we park Brazil for a second, you know, you have done that. You have parachuted into orchestras all over the world as a guest conductor. And like that, you arrive, you stay in a hotel, you rehearse, you perform and then you're gone. But moving to Brazil is a big cultural shift. I mean, the language is Portuguese. Did you speak that already? I didn't. I had to, I had to, I had to learn. I had to learn it quickly. In fact, because my... Uh my wife doesn't speak English, so I had to, I had to learn Portuguese. Our first date was with Google Translate. No, oh my <laughs> so goodness! I had, I had an incentive to learn Portuguese really quickly. <laughs> and and how much of the Brazilian culture then was a shock to you, or you know, have you kind of embraced that you you miss when you're not there? This, Brazil is, is is a very interesting place. They, we have a phrase here, which is it, everything is eight or eighty. You know, it's all or nothing. <laughs> okay. So it's a fascinating country because it's a country where things are sometimes impossible, and then there are times where everything is possible. You can mm-hmm. still create projects like this. There are a lot of bureaucratic difficulties. That's for sure. I mean, and all the artistic organizations in Brazil are allied very closely to the state. So, for instance, if you get a change of governor. That can be disastrous okay. because you then get somebody who isn't interested in classical music, doesn't mm-hmm. think the orchestra's a priority. We're very lucky at the moment. We've got a governor who's, who supports culture and the election is tomorrow because the governor's election is the same day as the presidential election. Okay. So we, he's going to win. He's going to win. It's, it's, right. it's, it's okay. <laughs> but, but a change of government, because that means you start, yeah. with a, start with a new culture secretary and you have to go and you have to explain what the orchestra is and maybe they've never even heard an orchestra, you know. So that's the downside of it. It's the sort of the, the political bureaucratic side of it, which which I've had to learn. I mean, you know, I, I got, I, I had, to, had to go and have lunch with the governor to, to, to discuss a problem about the orchestra. And that would never happen mm-hmm. in Europe. You wouldn't go and see the prime minister <laughs> to go and talk about a problem with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Amazing. So that, that was interesting. That, that's the sort of the weightier side of it. But yeah. the positive side of it is that people are open and you can say, look, we're going we're gonna to do this. It's never been done before in Goyas and we're going to do it. And people say, great, let's do it. It's still a pioneer spirit in the country, mm. which, that's I, exciting. Which, which, which is something I, I really love. Mm. And the Brazilians are, are very admirable because they have this, this incredible resilience in the face of problems. Is that my, when I arrived, there was a problem. I was, I can't cope with this. I, no, no, this, this is impossible. And they would say, look, we can't solve the whole problem, but today we're going to solve this bit of it. 
and tomorrow we're going to solve that bit of it. And I thought, my God, yeah, that's the way to work. So I learned, I really learned something from, from being here. I'm much more patient and actually much more creative in my, my problem solving than I was before I arrived. Well, it sounds like you have to draw on lots of strands of ingenuity. And I know listeners who are listening this morning were going, go back there, Elmery, and ask him about the date with Google Translate. We might come back to that in the end. <laughs> you are you are parachuting into Cork this week to rehearse with the Cork Concert Orchestra ahead of this concert in City Hall. And the most beautiful music, we listened to a little bit of the Karelia Suite on the programme last Sunday. Too brief, in my opinion. We didn't have time for the whole lot of it. But the big weighty number in Saturday's concert is Dvorak's Seventh Symphony. And I listened to the whole lot of it earlier on this morning. And Connor, I was listening to it too. God, the two of us just sat back and went, wow, wow, wow. For me, it's it, it's my favorite Dvorak symphony. I think this is this is. I mean, you know, he he was a great composer. It turned out a lot of masterpieces, but for me, personally speaking, this is my favorite symphony of his. It has everything. It's dramatic. It's romantic. It has the light, the most the lighter dance-like movements. It it has the full range. Of emotions. It does. And what I also find interesting about when you listen to a work like this was what, what's happening with the composer's life at any one particular time? What inspires the composition? What inspires the direction a piece may take? And this one was kind of quite personal to Dvorak after the death of his mother, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. I mean, you, you feel that he's, he's poured his heart into this piece. You know, the, the, the second movement, the slow movement is so beautiful. It's so full of a sort of nostalgic yearning. Um, no, you're absolutely right. What do you love about conducting this symphony? I, I, actually, I'll answer that in two parts. What do I love about conducting, first of all, because it feeds into the, into, into the other answer. For me, it's the most natural way for me to express myself because I'm actually, paradoxically, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a shy person who normally would never choose to stand in front of a group of 80 people. But when I've got music there, I find it's the most natural thing in the world for me to express myself. And conducting Vorjak 7, I find this emotional language is something I can, I can connect with. Are you a good dancer, Neil? 
no, I'm a terrible. <laughs> this is I'm a, my wife doesn't understand this. She said, like, "How can you you move naturally to music? I yes. cannot dance to save my life." Isn't but that funny? When, yeah. I, when, I, when, when I'm conducting, all inhibitions fall away. Because you suddenly become completely immersed in the music. And the reason I ask you that, and it sounds like a very kind of trivial question, but it just feeds back to what you said, you know, how you express yourself through the music. Because standing or sitting rather in front of a conductor, you infuse, you know, the direction to the orchestra, not just in what you've verbally spoken to them through rehearsals, but what you impart through your body, your entire body during your performance, because otherwise you have to remain silent. So it is through your physical expression that you communicate and direct. And Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You have to you have to somehow embody the music mm. in your body language. My teacher, Norman Del Mar, always said this. He said, you have to look like the music. Yes, that and, is so and true. That's, that when, I, when I'm teaching, I'm always saying that to my students, you know. What sound do you want here? What do you want from the orchestra? How are you going to express that with your hands? Because, you know, I, I travel a lot and, you know, you go to some orchestras where very few people speak English mm-hmm. and maybe you don't speak Russian or Chinese or Japanese. So you, you have to develop a, a strong body language that can, can, you know, music is a universal language. So musicians everywhere in the world understand what music is. So you need to be able to use your body language and your facial expressions to, to to get across what it is you want from them. Exactly. Because, you know, there's the same dots on the page, whether you're playing them in New York, London or Tokyo. Yeah, exactly. But you can have three different orchestras who will sound utterly different playing those dots yeah. because of the conductor in front and because of that relationship. And like you said, if the if the actual spoken language isn't in common, well, then it is a body language and a, a a communication which is indefinable, which I I always find it fascinating. Is, it's, there was the, the great uh, the great French conductor Charles Munch. He described conducting as a magical emanation, and that sounds a little bit flowery, I know, but I know I know what he means because you watch a great conductor, and within ten minutes they can change the sound of an orchestra without, yeah. without saying anything. Yes. Without saying anything, just by their presence and by the projection of what's inside them onto the orchestra. And this is magical to see. And that must be very exciting for you, too, as a teacher of conducting, you know, to see people coming up in front of you. And you, you know those for whom it is in their DNA <laughs> and, you know, those Absolutely. for whom it's a struggle. I always I always say that to a student. I say, look, you've got what can't be taught. Yeah. Now you need to learn what can be taught. Mm-hmm. But if you, haven't, if you haven't got what can't be taught, you can't be a conductor. Because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's like any person who's in front of a group of people. You put a teacher in front of a group of school kids. They will know instinctively whether they're going to take this teacher seriously, if they have a, a, a natural authority, if when they say something, the kids are going to listen. And it's the same thing with a conductor. I think orchestral musicians smell this, you know, <laughs> you know and, and it's not even a conscious thing. People say that they, you know, the way a conductor walks onto the rostrum, sort of older, experienced orchestral musicians are already getting a vibe about whether they're going to take this person seriously or not. But it's exciting when you have a new conductor to go on a different journey and to feel the sound of an orchestra or a choir change in the invisible mallying of the hands that goes on. Um, That's right. It is. It, it really is. Now, just to remind listeners, of course, this concert is in Cork's 
City Hall this coming Saturday night. Tickets are available on Eventbrite, so if you Google Cork Concert Orchestra October Eventbrite, it'll come up. Or if you go into Eventbrite and you're specific about the Cork Concert Orchestra, it will also come up. And, you know, the Dvorak, as we said, isn't the only piece that's on the programme. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous programme for the night. And I know the orchestra are delighted and excited to have you back. It's great to have visiting conductors and it's also great to have a reconnection of a relationship, which is very exciting. Speaking of relationships, let's go back to that first date on Google Translate. (laughs) 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 Weren't you brave? Weren't you brave to just bite the bullet and say, "Okay, this is it? Yes. Uh, No, looking back now, I mean, we sort of both wonder how we pluck up the courage to do it, but we did. You did. So So it was, you know five years ago now so well congratulations indeed and you have since learned to speak Portuguese though yes (laughs) (laughs) otherwise it would be very difficult at home if I hadn't (laughs) listen Neil it's been a pleasure talking to you and uh, I know that you were telling me there's been a storm where you were yesterday and this morning so connections and electricity finally restored so safe travels to Cork thank you and enjoy the concert now next Saturday thank you so much great I'm looking forward to it immensely lovely to talk to you again City Call para ouvir a orquestra concerto de Cork no sábado. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I had to use Google Translate myself there to get the Portuguese to just say, look, come to City Hall next Cork, uh, next Saturday for the Cork Concert Orchestra. Um, can you imagine being in City Hall with that? Wow. Belting out live yeah. in front of you. It's going to be phenomenal. Eventbrite for the tickets, guys. Back after these.